You guys alive out there? All right, just making sure. Um, we're going to talk tonight about uh, being counterintuitive counter in today's world and today's culture. And uh, the last song that we actually just finished on, a uh, part that says, in the midst of it all, uh, it is well with my soul. Uh, in the midst of it all, that we know the one who knows the names of the, the sea and the waves. That is counterintuitive to what this world will tell you. Because the world will tell you that when world, uh, excuse me, when storms are swirling all around you, that is the time to hunker down and freak out. And you can't depend on it, anyone but yourself. Amen? But we know that we serve a God and we follow the Holy Spirit that leads us in a completely different way. And the word counterintuitive means to be contrary to what most people think or suggest. And in life, in many ways, we walk through these times and these seasons where it's much easier to just fall to what the rest of the world is doing. But how many of you guys know that we live more so than ever a time where the Holy Spirit must be alive and well in our lives and we must be counterintuitive to the culture, amen? Um, in my life, I love adventure. I'm, I'm kind of like, I love fun. And so uh, some things I've done before in my life is uh, repel. Have any of you guys ever repelled down the side of a mountain? Yeah, yeah. Uh, first time I did that, I, uh, I'm going to be honest with you, there's many moments I felt like a five-year-old girl on the inside. Uh, I didn't let that show, but I did really feel that way. Uh, part of the reason why is repelling for me the first time was very counterintuitive. So if you've never done it before, you get on the side of the cliff, and my inclination was to just let my legs hang straight down, hold on to the rope, and just slide down like this. How many of you know repelling doesn't, yeah, it doesn't work like that. So actually what you have to do is you have to lean into it. I can't demonstrate because I don't have a rope or a wall. But you're, you're almost like in this way where you're sitting. I can kind of do this, I think. And you put both feet up against the side of the cliff and you have to lean back into the rope and trust the belay. And that pressure of your legs against the side of the cliff mounted with that rope is how you slide down. For me, that was very unnatural that my back was facing 400 foot drop off and that was incredibly counterintuitive. My body's like, dude, <laughs> don't do this. You're crazy. Anybody know what I'm talking about? All right, let me give you another example of an adventure. Uh, whitewater rafting. Anybody done whitewater rafting? Love whitewater rafting. I'm a city boy. We want to stay inside the boat, okay? But they talk to you all the time about like, just in case you don't know, we're, we're rapping going down category five, and the chances are you're going to fall out of the boat. And when you do fall out of the boat, what are you supposed to do? Anybody know? Feet first. Yes. You're supposed to go Feet first and float down the river until the river takes you somewhere where you can just grab a branch or you'll float to the side. Counterintuitive, right? Because guess what I want to do? I want to stand up, right? Doesn't that make sense to stand up? And they're like, no, 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 don't stand up because then your foot is going to get caught in the middle of a rock. And then the rapids is going to break your ankle and then you're going to die. Whoa, crazy counterintuitive, right? The Holy Spirit in our life, when he leads us and when he guides us, he brings us into the same thing. The world says that there is a culture. The world says that there is a pattern that we should conform to. But the Holy Spirit says, I want you to move in a completely different way than the world says. The Holy Spirit will lead us and guide us into things that the rest of the world is saying, Dude, that doesn't make sense. If you're anything like me, I read the Bible all the time and I see that it is littered with stories of men and women who have been used mightily of God. We had very little, oftentimes to no talent, and God used them because they moved counterintuitive against culture and society. 
Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were four Israelite men who were caught in captivity in Babylon under King Nebuchadnezzar's rule. King Nebuchadnezzar said, you will eat my food, you will drink my wine, and you will be among the wise like all of the other Babylonians. But Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and actually that wasn't their names, but those are the names I remember. They said, no, 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 we are only going to drink water and vegetables. And after 10 days, test us and see how we stack up against your men. Did you know they were wise or did you know that they were stronger? That is counterintuitive than the way of the world. Later on, they were tested. And we know, of course, that they were put into the, the fiery furnace because they said, we will not bow down to your God. King Nebuchadnezzar turned it up seven times hotter, the furnace. And even then, they said, oh, no, we will not go into, bow down to your God. But even if our God does not deliver us, we still will not bow down. How many of you know that is counterintuitive to culture? Gideon in Judges chapter 7. Guy is scared out of his mind, needs about 52 confirmations that God is telling him he's going to take the Midianites, if you know the story. Comes with 21,000 men. 21,000 against the Midianites who had a little bit more than that. God's like, I don't know, that's, that's too many. Gideon, I'm sure, is like, what are you talking about, God? This is all I got. He's like, no, 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 no. Let's, let's weed that down to 10,000. If you're anything like Gideon, you're thinking, God, this isn't the way it works. You don't understand. This is not the way you fight a war. This is not the way the battle is won. And God says, why don't you bring them down to the river because I want to, he said, sift them even more. So as they went down to the river, God said, watch as I choose the men that I want to go into the battle. And those that lapped the water with their faces to the water didn't make it. God told Gideon, choose the men who bow down with the hand still on their weapon, and they lap the water. You know how many men that was? Anybody know? 300 guys. Counterintuitive to the culture of that day, and we are called to be counterintuitive to the culture of this day. We have been designed to live a spirit-filled life, and the reason why is because God has kingdom-sized missions that he has planned for us, that he has planned for us Long before we were even in conception, before we were even in our mother's womb, there are God-sized missions and plans that God has for each and every one of us. You know, when you think about it, sometimes those stories seem a little impossible, right? Anybody ever face an impossible situation? You're like, God, why in the world are you calling me to this? If you guys are anything like me, I absolutely love movies that have, like, the impossible ending. You know what I'm talking about? Like Hoosiers. The moment where the coach is talking to the guy and he just find the plan. And he looks the guy in the eye and he's like, you're the one that's going to take the shot. And there's this moment he's like, no, I can't take the shot. And he's like, what's the problem? You're taking the shot. You know, of course, we know what happens at the end of Hoosiers, right? He takes the shot. The crowd goes crazy. Is it just me or am I the only one that wants to stand on top of the couch and go, oh, yes. Is it just me or is it every, every comeback? Remember the Titans. Every movie that's like that, what is it about those movies that resonate so deeply within us? I truly be good, believe because God has designed us under the power of the Holy Spirit to do the impossible. But the problem is, is that if you're anything like me, we live our lives without being under the direct influence of the Spirit of God. And so when we see the insurmountable, we say there is no way that can be done. And we are correct that there is no way that can be done apart from the Holy Spirit of God. Your impossible in your life is a chance for God to show himself. It is counterintuitive to what we think. In John 14, 12, Jesus says this as he's talking to his disciples. He says, very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing. 
and they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. So Jesus goes on to explain to them that he's going to leave one, the great advocate, behind with them as he goes to the Father. You can imagine how, how opposite that seemed to the disciples. Like, wait, 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 wait a minute, Jesus. We've followed you for three years. We thought that you were going to be the Savior. We thought that you were going to establish your rule and reign of your kingdom here. And now, not only are you leaving us, but you're leaving this Holy Spirit who you have clearly said that no one can see or has known. You want to talk about counterintuitive. And then he goes on to say that if you live surrendered to the Holy Spirit, you will do even greater things than I have done. In Genesis 1, 1 and 2, I want to focus on this scripture. You can go ahead and put that up, guys, in the back. Because this is a reassuring picture of who God is and what he desires to do and be in our life. It's a very familiar passage of scripture that says this, that in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep, and the spirit of God was hovering over the face of of the waters. That word, uh, that word hovering in the Hebrew actually means this, to be in front of, to be behind, and to be all around. You notice it says that God was hovering over the face of the waters. In many translations it talks about that he was hovering above the chaos. How many of you have experienced chaos in your life? Anybody? Raising my foot. Because that's how much I've experienced. It says that God, the creator of the universe, hovers over, is before, is behind, is all around the chaos of our life. That picture reassures us that as we step out in courage, and as we step out in faith in the Holy Spirit, God has us. In Psalm 139, King David is crying out his heart to God. And there's a part of that scripture that says, you hem me in before and behind. Anybody familiar with that passage of scripture? One day I was uh, reading my Bible on a Saturday and everybody was asleep. My wife Beth and my two kids were asleep. And it was one of those just unexpected moments where the love of God just absolutely crashes in on you. You weren't planning it to happen. It wasn't the most convenient moment to be sucking snot as the presence of God just descends upon you. But I was reading through Psalm 139 and God kept giving me a vision of every scripture of myself and seeing myself and seeing the love of the Father in every scripture. Of a God that knew me before. I was even created. So when I got to this part of the scripture in Psalm 139 where God talks about I hem you in, I hem you in in front and then behind. I got this vision of myself kneeling down and I could see God the Father with his hand on my back. But as I looked more and more at the picture, I saw hands all over my, all over my body. There was a hand on my head, there was a hand on my chest, there was a hand on my lower back, and up on my shoulders. And even to this day, as I was just kind of just thinking about this sermon, when I got to this part about Genesis 1, 1 and 2, that God hovers over, that he is all around, I realized that God was speaking to me, that Torrance, I am all around every area of the chaos, every area of concern, every area of fear of your life. And that was the picture that the loving father was giving to me. And tonight he wants to give you the same picture, that as you step out in courage, as you step out in faith, God is with you and he is ever for you and he's ever present with you. Can somebody say Amen. So we go on to say to see this, that not only is God the parentheses in our life, but how important it is to have a godly perspective in order to be counterintuitive in this culture. Uh, let's put up the next quote. This is by A.W. Tozer. This is what he says. A low view of God is the cause of a hundred lesser evils. 
But a person with a high view of God is relieved of 10,000 temporal problems. See, it's our perspective of God that dictates our perspective of our situation, that dictates our perspective of the problem. And the reality is, is that too many believers today, we downgrade God to the size of the problem that is before us. So based on the problem that we have and the enormity of it, all of a sudden our God then becomes that small or that great based upon what we see. But the Holy Spirit has come into our life to give us a completely different picture of who God is. The Holy Spirit has come to give us almost like this frontal lobotomy because before our actions change, our thinking has to change. Our thinking has to change about ourself, about the Holy Spirit, and about the situations that are before us. It allows us to see God and then move into a victorious life. Because when we walk into the Spirit, when we walk with the Spirit, we rise above every circumstance, every situation, because we are no longer operating in our power or our strength, but we are operating in the power of the Holy Spirit. Here's the reality of God the Father and Jesus the Son and the Holy Spirit. Is God is much more interested in getting us to where he wants us to go than we are in getting to where God wants us to be. Let me say that again. We can relax and we can let go because God of the universe, God who has ordained life, is much more interested in getting us to where he wants us to be than we are concerned with being where God wants us to be. And in that fact, we can rest and we can let go. Because living a life that is surrendered to the Holy Spirit cannot happen in the struggle, cannot happen in the tension, it cannot happen in fear, and it cannot happen with us at the control of the wheel of our life. We always look at God and, and Jesus and, and the Holy Spirit, and this is a very true um, statement, that they, that they are the ultimate, che- ultimate teacher. And they are. But one of the things that we, we were really, real, I can't talk, let me drink. Magic water. All right. One of the things that we will quickly realize as we read the, the New Testament is this. Not only did God come to, to reveal things to us and be the great teacher, but we see all throughout Scripture that Jesus came to help us unlearn many things. And in the church, there are many things that we have learned that is not true, it's not correct about who God is. And many of those things surrender the Holy Spirit, surround the Holy Spirit. Many of those things are false doctrine and false teaching about him. And the enemy is sitting there saying, yes, believe it, hook, line, and sinker. Because then we do not operate in the full dimension of kingdom life in the way that God has designed for us to live. And so we'll look at this scripture. If Lonnie, you can put this up. Many times God, when Jesus came to the earth, he spoke in two different ways. The scripture shows it right here. It says, you have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not murder And whoever murders will be in danger of the judgment. But I say to you that whoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. And whoever says to his brother, Raka, shall be in danger of the council. But whoever says, you fool, shall be in the danger of hell. So he always came and many times he spoke to the Pharisees and the religious of the day and said, you have heard it said this, this, and this. But I have come as the truth, I have come as the light to tell you something completely different. And the Holy Spirit today wants to reveal the same thing. You have heard it preached, you have heard it said, you have heard it taught this way. But I have come as the Holy Spirit to bring you fresh revelation about a new thing that I am doing. Following the Spirit brings joy and true fulfillment. 
Here's one of the reasons why. Perfect love operates in the Holy Spirit, and perfect love casts out fear. The Holy Spirit work is just to give us a new download so that we can have the right perspective on fear. Because fear is the number one inhibitor of us stepping out and living a life fully surrendered to the Holy Spirit and being counterintuitive to this culture. Holy Spirit wants to reveal fear versus fun. Yes, you you heard me right, fun. Because here's the reality. Living a life surrendered by the Spirit should be fun. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Because, man, I'll tell you, Holy Spirit takes you on some crazy, fun, amazing, below-your-mind rides. The Holy Spirit wants to eliminate fear versus the authority that we should be walking in. Fear versus the power of the spirit that this world needs to see to understand that the power that we walk in is completely different than anything else that they chase. The Holy Spirit wants to reveal that to each and every one of us. I think sometimes, and Mike and I were talking about this the other day, I've struggled with many things in my life, anxiety, depression, fear, just like everybody else. One of the things that I think is that we are not chasing and walking and running with the Holy Spirit, so much so that we get entrapped to these things of bondage. But if we were living surrendered to the Holy Spirit, every day would be an adventure. Holy Spirit, there's no way I can do this, but what do you want to do today? Man, Holy Spirit, my perspective on this situation, I don't know how it's going to turn out. But Holy Spirit, (laughs) it's going to be incredible. And that goes right back to the point that we talked about before is that God hovers over our chaos. And there's surrender and there's trust in that process. I love a fun and adventure like I told you guys before. And one of the things that I love to do is ride on roller coasters. Anybody roller coaster fans in here? Okay, yeah. I'm surprised you didn't scream on that one because that's what we roller coaster people do. Uh, I, I love them. And I'm like the crazy person on there that gets everybody like fired up. And I'm acting like I'm scared, but I'm really not scared. Like that's kind of me. Uh, so I'm just as excited to get on the roller coaster as after. Uh, but if you notice when you ride roller coasters, there's like two, there's like two different types of people. There's the me. Uh, then there's like kind of the people that are truthfully peeing their pants. Like they're just losing their mind. They don't want to go. You can tell. They're the kind of people that they're like next in line. But they're like, no, 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 you go. You go. You go. I want to be like Jesus today. You go. You're like, dude, you're scared out of your mind. That's why you let me go. Right? But here's what I love after that is if you have the privilege of like maybe being right behind those people, right in front of those people. After that two and a half minute ride, they're like, oh, dude, that was crazy. High five in. That was the most amazing thing ever. Right? The fear turned into excitement. And here's what the Holy Spirit wants to do. He wants to take us on journeys, to be honest with you guys, that at first is like, this is scary. You want me to go talk up to this stranger and you said I have a word for them. And afterwards, we're like, that was stinking ridiculous. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I want to do that again. I want to do that again. Right, Caitlin? Caitlin, you've seen somebody healed, right? Scary at first. Exciting afterwards, right? Yeah. Same, same. It's the same thing. But as Christians, I'm going to be honest with you guys. A lot of us, we're on the teacup ride. (laughs) You know the teacup ride, right? The one that you get in there. You don't even have to, like, do the harness because it's not dangerous. You close the door. You're with your kids. And you're like, ah, this is so fun. Isn't it kids? 
you want to puke, you want to vomit, it's not fun. The reality is, is that is the Christian life without the Spirit of God. Because we're doing this thing in circles and we're pretending like it's fun. We're pretending like we're going somewhere, but in reality, we're not. And the Spirit of God wants to take us on the ride for our life if we will surrender and follow him and walk with him step by step. God says this in, in 2 Timothy 1.7. For I have not given you a spirit of fear, but of what? Yeah. Let's try that one more time. <laughs> He's not giving you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Exactly right. Here's what I love. The enemy wants to keep us focused on this spirit of fear, right? We get to cash it in and get power, wow, love, and a sound right mind. That's what the Holy Spirit delivers to us. So we get to trade in one. Exponentially in the kingdom, we get three. And God wants us operating in that power. Many people in the church today, they, they're scared of Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit seems like weird or goofy or he's going to make me do some weird things. He's going to make me jump from the chandelier and then i got to jump on one foot and all these other things that they think. But the Holy Spirit works in tandem with our personality. The Holy Spirit is sensitive. The Holy Spirit is gentle. The Holy Spirit is not a pushover. The Holy Spirit's not going to make you do something that you don't want to do. Remember, sound mind. He will work with us when we are in sound mind, surrendered to the Holy Spirit. There is nothing to fear when we're operating the power of the Holy Spirit. I, many of you guys know that I'm the director of the academy here, that the school, uh, the school that the church has. And uh, every morning we have a car line where parents are uh, driving up. And I high-five the kids and just say, good morning, good to see you. It's going to be an amazing day. You're a child of God. Just kind of speak over them. It's just a really cool time to greet every kid. They're excited to go to school. And it's just great. Uh, one morning, uh, a mom had already dropped off her, her daughter, or so I thought, because I thought I saw her walk by me, but she just pulled up a couple of spaces up in front of me. And uh, I was kind of just watching for 20, 30, 40 seconds. I'm like, okay, I wonder why she's not moving on. And so I went up to the car window, and I just said, uh, hey, I, I looked in, and she rolled down the window, and she's bawling. And immediately, as a principal, I'm like, okay, did a kid get hurt? What's going on with her husband? Like, what's, what's wrong? And so before, she's trying to gather herself. And as she gathers herself, she says, I've never, ever done this before, and I'm scared out of my mind. So I'm still trying to figure out, like, what is she, what is she talking about? She's like, God has just put such a heavy, she goes, I, th I think it's called a word for you on my heart right now. And she's like, as I was driving in, I saw this huge rainbow. There's a huge rainbow, like, two weeks ago. I don't know if anybody saw it. Uh, and it was like directly over you. And she just went off and prophesied this incredible and most beautiful and dead on word of God for me. And she didn't know 12 hours before my wife and I were talking about the very thing that she had brought up through the spirit of God. So you talk about somebody that's like, man, this is the scariest thing for me. I don't even know what to do. I mean, it wasn't the perfect like, you know, David Wagner, thus saith the Lord. I'm reading your mail for five minutes. It was just this most Precious and raw, but yet obedient. Obedient word from the Holy Spirit. And it took someone, according to her mind, the least likely person to deliver that word. And so know tonight, wherever you are, in whatever stage, whatever journey that you're in, God wants to use you through the Holy Spirit right 
where you are. There is no right way or wrong way or most courageous or bold way. It just takes being obedient in the Holy Spirit and watching him do the work. Can someone say amen? Be excited because the truth is that your adversity is your advantage. Your adversity that you are in right now is your advantage. God all the time throughout Bible used people who is in the most adverse situations to bring glory and honor to him. Job lost everything in his life and received it back twofold. Praising God all the while, people are telling him, curse God and die. Paul and Silas, anybody remember them? Locked down after getting beaten, they're in prison, and they are saying, woe is me, this is the worst. No. They are praising the Lord, how great thou art, how great is our God, you're great. They're worshiping God, praising him in the midst of the circumstances and situations long before walls even came down. The walls come down, the jailer and his whole household come to the Lord Jesus Christ. Because in the midst of their adversity, the Holy Spirit came and turned it into an advantage. The three Israelite sons that we talked about in Daniel, same exact thing. Put in the fiery furnace, not one hair on their body is singed, not one thread of their clothing. King Nebuchadnezzar calls them out and demands everyone pay homage and notice that their God is the one true God. Birth on the face of death. And then what about our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? The greatest adversity ever in history. The greatest sacrifice made for any of us. The reason why we have true freedom right now was because Jesus Christ is the greatest advantage any of us have ever embraced. And it was through adversity. So we know now that the time to surrender to the Holy Spirit, it, it's, it's now. I read um, somewhere in a quote that people who have always done great things for the Lord may not have been the most talented or most gifted people. But they were always people who had an eternal perspective. They always had a perspective of eternity. And what the Holy Spirit wanted to do in and through them in light of the fruit and the rewards of eternity. I don't know about you, but my prayer to the Holy Spirit is, Holy Spirit, get, me, get my eyes off of this, the here and the now and the temporal and all the things that we just get so caught up in. My wife and I had an opportunity to talk to some of our staff even just today about that. Like, guys, let's get above this issue and think about what God is calling us to do, an eternal perspective. In Daniel chapter 3, he had that because in verse 18, we, we talked about this earlier, that Dan, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, even if our God does not come through, we will praise your name. And part of the surrender to the Holy Spirit is saying, Holy Spirit, even if it doesn't look like what I want it to look like, even if it doesn't go the way that I want it to go, I still trust you and I will still follow you. And the reality is that today, there are some of you guys right now that you are sitting in a job and you are saying, God, deliver me out of this job and into another job. And God is waiting for you to say, Lord, even if you do not, I will still praise your name. Some of you guys are right now going through the most ridiculous and crazy marital struggles that none of us can even imagine what you're walking through. And God is saying, even through this, am I enough? But even if God does not, will you still follow me? Will you still praise my holy name? This next quote talks a lot about that. And um, if you can go ahead and put that up, Lana. It's by John Milton, and it says, to be certain of God means we are uncertain in all our ways. We do not know what a day may bring forth. This is generally said with a sigh of sadness. It should rather be an expression of breathless expectation. 
To be certain of God means we are uncertain in all our ways. We do not know what a day may bring. And skipping forth, that day should rather be an expression of breathless expectation. You talk about being counterintuitive to the culture, counterintuitive to the way that we normally think. If I have a busy day or a crazy day or a day that's filled with stressful meetings or possible circumstances, my feet hit the floor often and it's, what am I going to do? I'm so busy. This is going to be such a crazy day. I don't know how they're going to respond. I'm already moving towards those situations in fear. I'm already moving towards those situations with anxiety. But if our feet hit the floor and we say, good morning, Holy Spirit, welcome to this opportunity. I can't wait to follow you. Man, I'm excited that you are the chairman in that boardroom. That that meeting, I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm going to be looking for the Holy Spirit moments. And when I see it, it might be scary. I might not know what to do, but Holy Spirit, I will follow. Doesn't that sound like a much better day to anybody else? I know it does to me. God is calling us to just a new level of risk and a new level of trust. Your risk may not involve God calling you to Africa to work with Heidi Baker in Mozambique. Let's be honest. That may not be your risk. But your risk may be that the Holy Spirit has been prompting you for six, seven, eight months to forgive your father for all the pain and all the damage that you incurred as a child. The Holy Spirit has slowly been bringing conviction into your life to let go of that pain because the Holy Spirit wants to use you to a greater capacity to bring healing to other people that are caught up in bondage. That may be your risk. Back when Robbie Dawkins was with us, he talked about that to increased faith and to see God move in such a powerful way. And he said, faith is spelled R-I-S-K. Anybody remember that? When he talked about that? And he, he, in only the Robbie Dawkins way, which I cannot emulate, uh, won't even try. But he just talked about, you want to see God move, just turn up the risk in your life. And so your risk this night, tonight may not be God calling you to go over to our local hospital and walk in a room and raise the dead. He may be calling somebody to do that. He may not. He may be calling you to have that conversation, that hard conversation with your spouse or your uncle or whatever that is. But the Holy Spirit has been speaking to you. The Holy Spirit is begging and calling us to obey and to step forth in those things that we would call risky. Because it's a new level of trust that he is calling us into. It may be time to lay down this question of, uh, God, what is it that you want me to do? How many ask that question all the time? God, what is it that you want me to do? God, what is it you want me to be? I ask that all the time. God may be asking us to pick up the question, God, how do you want me to walk with you day by day, hour by hour, and minute by minute? He may be asking us to pick up the question, Lord, what does it look to live surrendered to your Holy Spirit just right now, in this moment? Trusting that, God, you're going to get me wherever you need me to go. And guys, if I'm honest, and if I'm being vulnerable in this moment, That first question, the reason I so embraced that first question of God, what do you want me to do and what do you want me to be, was because I was still operating from an orphan spirit, not a beloved son. Because an orphan says I have significance and worth based upon what I do and my performance, not who I am in Christ. So it wasn't until God said, am I enough? It doesn't matter where I take you, it doesn't matter what you do, but am I enough? that I was able to start living from that place of surrender and trusting the Holy Spirit to do whatever he wanted to do in that moment. And that is the best place to live, is surrender to the Holy Spirit moment by moment. Let me wrap up just with a few things about what we will see once we start moving counterintuitive to the world, counterintuitive to this, the stronghold that is over this kingdom right now that we call earth. 
first of all, one of the things that we will notice and one of the things that we will see, and yeah, band, you guys can come on up, is that we will start to see that we will be people that pray and wait on God before we move. Because everything in us, all our upbringing, all our training has been move, act, figure it out, do something about it instead of sit and wait. Because that's not natural. It is not natural to sit and wait on the Holy Spirit to move and guide and direct. But when we wait on the Holy Spirit to move and guide and direct, all of a sudden we start to find ourselves in God's providences and not man's coincidences. How many of us want God's providences and not man's coincidences? Amen? But that takes sitting and waiting. It takes moving in an opposite direction than we're used to moving. Another thing that we'll see is that we're going to be misunderstood and we are going to appear to be foolish. Because the Holy Spirit is going to take us in things and take us in ways that if people are not embracing the Holy Spirit and are not living on that level, they're not going to understand it because those are things that are only understood by the Holy Spirit. If we're walking in the Holy Spirit and other people are not, they're not going to understood why, understand why we are being called to do these things. But it says in the word that God will choose the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. So if we're living counterintuitive, we're going to be people that sit and wait on God, that pray, get his download, get his plan. Second, we're going to be people that at times may look foolish and are misunderstood. We're going to become people of childlike faith. God says that we may not inherit the kingdom of God unless we do so with childlike faith. Completely abandoned to God, knowing that we can trust this God that hovers over the waters and the chaos of our life. One other thing that we're going to notice is that we're going to become less self-conscious and more God-conscious. Through the transformation that the Holy Spirit does in our thinking, we're going to start operating in a way that says, God, I'm entering into this situation not concerned about what people think, not concerned about the outcome, not self-conscious, but God-conscious, Holy Spirit-conscious. Bill Johnson uses this illustration, and maybe you guys have heard this before, that we should live in such a space with the Holy Spirit that he is, he's a dove resting on our shoulder. And if a dove was here resting on my shoulder right now, I wouldn't make sudden moves. I wouldn't jump up and down without being conscious of the dove, without being conscious of the Holy Spirit. So I would always walk mindful of the Holy Spirit that is there. I'd always walk mindful of that dove. And we are to do the same thing with our lives as we walk living according to the Spirit, walking forever mindful of being conscious of him and not conscious of ourselves. Two more. If we're living by the Spirit, we're going to be people that run not necessarily two things, not necessarily away from things, but we're going to be people that run to uncertainty because we're running with the Holy Spirit. Our lives tell us right now to embrace everything that is certain, whether it's our pocketbooks, whether it's our savings, whether it's our job. But the Holy Spirit may call us to step out, step away from that, and step into uncertainty. Because on the other side of that is the greatness that God has for us and for our lives. The lastly is this. That God has called us to flow from love. John 4, 8 talks about that we are love because God is love. Something happens when the Lord asks you to step out in faith with partnering with the Holy Spirit, that love is the thing that always goes on the forefront of that. Love is always the message behind a prophetic word, behind a word of knowledge, behind the gifts of the Spirit is love. And when we operate fully and truly in the love of God and the Holy Spirit, that's what people experience from us. 
they experience the love of God. Just yesterday, uh, myself and another staff member, we had the, the honor and the privilege of uh, washing some of the kids' feet in my school. And uh, the Holy Spirit told us to do that, to honor just our kids and to just serve them like Jesus did. And before we did, we uh, played a video of Jesus washing the disciples' feet just to give them some context and a picture. And after that, we had the kids come forward and we just washed their feet and um, God just asked us to give, just give kids words as we did that. Um, and so we just spoke destiny and just the Holy Spirit was um, telling us to, to speak over kids. I had one young girl that came um, into my row and as I just washed her feet, I just looked up at her and it just was filled with the love of God for her. And um, it's something amazing. I work with kids all the time and kids have a really hard time keeping their eyes locked on adults. They're always down here, they're always, you know, kids. Um, but every one of those children, including this young girl, locked in. Because it wasn't me, it was the love of God that they saw in my eyes. And, and it was the Holy Spirit speaking truth from spirit to spirit. So this young girl, I just talked about how God has an anointing on her like Esther. And, and she's beautiful inside and out and just, just spoke over her life. Today the mom came up to me and was so excited and kind of out of character for this mom. And she had tears in her eyes and she just said, you're never going to understand what happened yesterday for my daughter, because we were talking about what's the best part of your day, and she described you guys doing that and washing their feet, and, and then there's just that prophetic word you had for her. And she said, Mom, I didn't tell you this, but I've been struggling with believing is, is God real? I didn't know if God was real anymore, but after today, I know he's real. So just that one, it wasn't a big deal. It wasn't, you know, a sermon. It was just the Holy Spirit, what he told me to tell her, that, that changed things for that little girl. And the reality is this, that guys, when we walk in the power of the Spirit, when we walk step in step with the Spirit, yes, it might be scary. Yes, it might be risky. Yes, it may be unknown. But if we do so with the love of God, with the power of the Holy Spirit, it will always yield fruit. There will always be some fruit, whether it's something that we see here, whether it's an eternal, it's an eternal fruit that happens, but it will always yield fruit because it's the Holy Spirit working through us. It removes the guesswork. Is this God? Is this not God? When we live surrendered to the Holy Spirit and we follow his every move. And it is a daily thing. It is an hour by hour thing. And it is a minute by minute. I'm going to ask you guys to stand up. We're going to do something uh, just a little different um, tonight. And uh, we're going to pray for each other. The Holy Spirit lives inside each and every one of us. And he is an equal opportunity Holy Spirit. <laughs> Amen. So what we're going to do is we're going to get in groups of uh, four or five. And uh, we're going to pray for each other. And, uh, you know, we're going to ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, would you just reveal... Uh, to me, what, what is it that you want me to pray over my brother or my sister? Some of you guys may have a request. You may have a need that you want to vocalize to the group. And if so, man, the group is going to pray over that. And we're just going to ask Holy Spirit to come in and invade your heart, invade your spirits with his love, with his truth, with his plan, with his desires for your heart. Could be that someone needs healing in this place, in that group. We're going to go after that. We're going to ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, will you impart healing to this person right now in the name of Jesus Christ? We declare that this is done because 2,000 years ago, Jesus Christ died, so it's a finished work. 
So we're going to do that. We're going we're gonna to be Holy Spirit moving through us tonight. Anybody, everybody okay with that tonight? Is that all right? Yeah. So we're going to step out. I know this is maybe uncomfortable for some people. You've never done this before. But that's all right. The Holy Spirit understands that. He moves in all of that. He moves tonight. Holy Spirit, we, we thank you that you, you are forever for us. You are forever with us. And your desire is for a complete partnership with you. Your desire, Holy Spirit, is for there to be true intimacy in our relationship. So we say, Holy Spirit, tonight, just, just move, in our, move in this place. Holy Spirit, we thank you that this is fun, this is exciting, that you, you go before us and behind us and all around us, and that this is your plan and your desire, not just for this church, but for our individual lives. So Holy Spirit, we just say we are surrendered to you tonight, and we just love you. Thank you for using us tonight. Thank you for using us right now. Thank you for speaking through us. Yeah. Let's do this. Let's go ahead and pray. You guys can get into groups of four or five. Uh, just find some people around you. You may not know them, and that's okay. Holy Spirit knows them through you. <laughs>